And at this point, Rome realized that they needed a Roman official there. They didn't. They they were okay with non-Romans ruling over Israel, but they realized they needed an actual Roman citizen who grew up Roman, was Roman in his blood, was a Roman official, and they needed them down there ruling along with the other Herods ruling in order to make sure that Rome's interest was maintained and to make sure nobody like Archelaus ever happened again. So he was exiled by the Roman Emperor Caligula. Now Caligula was the Roman Emperor after Tiberius. Now, if you know anything about Caligula, you, you, you know his name. But Caligula was also a psychopath himself and was probably one of the most immoral rulers that all of human history has probably ever had. And I don't mean that literally because we don't know for sure, but he was really messed up. But he's a whole other story. Herod Antipas is going to temporarily take control over Judea and Samaria now that his brother Archelaus is gone. So we have two rulers here. Now Herod Antipas is the Herod of Jesus' death. So Herod I is the one ruling when Jesus is born and comes on the scene. And then within a couple of years after Jesus' birth, he dies. Herod I dies. And then Herod Antipas is going to become the next Herod, and he's going to be the Herod of Jesus' trials, the one who puts the purple robe on him and the crown of thorns, and the one who signs off on his crucifixions. So that's to give you an idea of who these Herods are. With the sacking of Archelaus and Rome realizing that we need a Roman official, a Roman citizen down there ruling, this brings in the Roman prefects. Now the Roman prefects basically is like a governor. So Augustus disposed of Herod Archelaus in 6 AD, and Judea was reduced to the status of a Roman providence. So now Judea is now a Roman providence. Now, the difference between um, a mini kingdom and a providence, that's like just a lot of Roman law and semantics and that kind of stuff, meant that now it's directly under the control of Rome. They're no longer going to be ruled indirectly through a, a king who has Roman, serves Roman interests, now it's going to be directly ruled by a Roman official. The prefect is appointed directly by the emperor. It is not about succession. So when Herod I died, he was allowed to appoint his sons as kings. But prefects are appointed by the Roman emperor. And so the Roman emperor will choose directly who is to be down there ruling. They were also Roman military soldiers. So the procurator was usually somebody who was just a politician and served as an official over a Roman providence. But a prefect was someone who was a military soldier and had spent a good part of their life as a military soldier. And they fought in many wars and battles. And now that they were no longer fighting in wars because they had retired or they had gotten older, they were now appointed as Roman officials or governors or prefects now. So this is somebody that you knew you could trust because they had fought and bled in order to expand the Roman Empire and to protect Rome. They had military training. They were a brilliant military strategist if they had gotten that far in their life and had been promoted that much in their career. 
And so they knew Roman law, they knew Roman interests that are willing to fight for it. And now they have become a Roman official ruling politically over these different provinces throughout the Roman Empire. So this is someone who has Rome's interests more higher than anything else. Their duties were first militarily. They were responsible for maintaining the peace and protecting the providence of Rome, specifically Judea here. And so they were they had control of the military. They were the commander-in-chief. And they had judicial control as well. They were allowed to put people to death. Um, Herod was not allowed to put people to death. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Sanhedrin, the Herods, none of them were allowed to do the death penalty on anybody because they had to submit to the Roman. However, a prefect can judge you, condemn you, and put you to death. Thus, Pilate putting Jesus to death, but the Sanhedrin wasn't allowed to put Jesus to death. When the Sanhedrin determined that Jesus was guilty of blasphemy, according to the Mosaic law, blasphemy is punishable by death. They decided that Jesus deserved to die. However, we know that those charges of blasphemy were trumped up and false. And so they, that was a whole other issue, but they didn't have the legal right to kill Jesus. So they took the charge of blasphemy, which is punishable under the Mosaic law to Pilate, the prefect. They would have been like, whatever, we don't care that he's blasphemy. We don't care about that. So they would never convicted him. So that's why they had to also get Jesus in charges of treason. So that's why they had to also prove that Jesus claimed to be a king. And that's why they're asked, do you say that you're king of the Jews and that kind of stuff? Because if he was claimed to be a king that was not appointed by Rome, then that's treason and Rome would kill him for treason. So that's why they had several different trials. One, to prove that he was blasphemy and he was deserving of death. That would appease the Jewish people. Hey, we can kill him. Because the Jews don't care about treason. They're like, who cares about treason? We don't like the Roman Empire either. So in order to get the Jewish people to prove of Jesus' death, they had to be accused of blasphemy and proven blasphemous. But in order to get Rome to kill them, they had to prove that he was treason. So this is why they had all those trials going on that night in a very complicated sense. So the prefect was capable of judging and condemning people to death. He was also responsible for collecting the taxes and they also lived in Caesarea Philippi. So the prefect lived in Caesarea Philippi, and he would only come down to Jerusalem during festivals. Because usually festivals, um, the number of Jews would increase drastically. And with the festivals, they would be reminded of their Jewish heritage. They'd be worshiping God. It would remind them of the Mosaic Law even more. There would be way more Jews there at that. And they would be more likely to think, wait a minute, why are we allowing Rome to serve here? Because they're being reminded of the Mosaic Law, they're doing rituals, they're following Yahweh, and there's a whole bunch of Jews and they think they can rebel. And so usually the prefect would bring a whole bunch of extra soldiers down to Jerusalem during the festivals to make sure that no Jew ever got the idea that now things have changed and it's okay to rebel. So that's why when Jesus was under trial, he was sent north to the Galilee um, he, he would have been sent all the way north to the Galilee in order to put under trial under Pilate and Herod and Antipas because they both lived up there in the Galilee region. But because it was a Jewish festival of Passover, Pilate 
and Herod Antipas, the prefect and the client king, had to come down to Jerusalem in order to maintain the peace and oversee the festivals and that kind of stuff. And that's why Jesus' trials all happened in Judea or Jerusalem during that time period. Any other time of the year, and he would have had to go all the way north to those officials. 6 AD was the beginning of the Roman prefect serving over Israel. So you have a Roman prefect serving over Israel, and then you have Philip all the way northeast of the Galilee serving as a client king representing the Herodians. And then you also have Herod Antipas ruling in Galilee and Samaria representing the Herodians as well. So these are the three people that are politically in power over Israel. The prefect superseding the other two leaders. And then religiously, as well as politically, you have the Sanhedrin, mostly controlled by the Sadducees, who have the vast majority of power, and the Pharisees, who have more of a teaching, semi-political power at this time period. So that's kind of the balance here. 